Welcome to Different from the Other Kids, a weekly talk show for parents of challenging children. With your host, Angela Sunis, author of the Amazon best-selling book, Different from the Other Kids. Each week, Angela will interview an individual or professional within the mental health community. Different from the Other Kids. Season 2, production of Marketing Navy Agency. Thanks very much for tuning in. It is Angela from Different From The Other Kids. I am your podcast host and author of the book of the same title, Different From The Other Kids. We are working on Season 2, and this is going to be called Different From The Other Kids, Natural Alternatives Edition. We are also subsequently working on Book 3. It's going to be a trilogy and that one, the last one, will be called Law and Disorder. Rosa, who is who I'm introducing to you today, is going to be part of the second book, The Natural Alternatives Edition, which I am so looking forward to releasing in the next couple months. I want to tell you a little bit about what Rosa does. It's a method of body-centered psychotherapy and mindfulness-based self-discovery. It's based on a trust that every individual has inner wisdom and the power for self-healing. Rosa uses mindfulness and the body to facilitate personal growth and transformation. That is the best way that I can come up with to tell you about what Rosa does. She is a spiritual healer, really, that hides behind the fact that she is a fascial stretch therapist. Let me just go through Facebook posts here and give you an idea of the kinds of things that Rosa will talk about. Give you a little snippet of what it is to have Rosa in your life. If we're breathing every moment of our day and our rib cage is locked up, what could we possibly be doing to the whole system? That's like driving a car with no engine. That's like building a home with no foundation. Movement in the spine and expansion in the ribcage is not a preference but a must. Throw in a foam roll into your toolbox of self-maintenance. Your body will assume the shape of how it is used repetitively. Explore deeper and open yourself up. Change your body and then witness the effects as it changes your mind and therefore changes your life. This is the kind of regular messaging that Rosa uses. She has become a great friend to both Christina and myself, and I am uh, very honored to be able to introduce you to Rosa from Rise Mind Body Fitness. This is a way cool natural alternative therapy that Rosa has basically piloted herself and come up with the Rise Method. Last week we had Rosa on the program and she was giving us some of her personal history and how she ended up being a natural practitioner very hard to describe what she does. I did try and do it at the top of the segment, but I like to look at it as that she is a fascial stretch therapist, but she only hides behind that. She's actually really a uh, natural healer of sorts. Mind-body healer is, I guess, the best way that I can put it. Okay, Rosa, if we can uh, start with, let me know a little bit about your methodology generally. Mm -hmm. And then I'd love to know where you're going with it because I know you're looking to get some new space and to actually expand your message to a greater a greater number of people. So if you wouldn't mind where you've been with it and where you're going. Awesome. Okay. So basically just kind of started with, you know, a bunch of tools that I've collected. I've, I've gone to Sweden and I've gone to Ireland and taken so many courses all over the States. And what, um, what would they be in? Um, so I took, you know, a lot of courses just being a trainer, um, continuing education for two years in uh, Charles Poliquin. He's um, amazing in, you know, the strength field. 
and you know, I would try to apply on my clients and it still didn't work even though the methodology, the, the, the philosophy, the, the, the theory behind it all was brilliant, but there was something more. It was always a, a deeper foundation that was needed for the average population. So, you know, I, I considered Charles Poliquin, but I felt like I need to simplify more. And then I went into fascial stretch therapy and, and the fascial stretch therapy was actually excellent. It's actually really growing, uh, especially, you know, it's been big in the States as well. Um, so I started with that and then just in the experience of the fascial stretch therapy, I started to experience, you know, feelings with my hands and my clients' bodies and it started to become more intuitive and energetic. I started to feel energy. So I started looking into Reiki and uh, started to realize this things just kind of started to happen that way. And then in the, the biggest part was in the, the fixing or the healing of my own body the experience of what was going on with me internally, you know, and therefore using all the tools for my clients, you know, that I learned even. So when I took a Charles Poliquin course, there was an, an instructor. He was, this guy was amazing. His name is Owen Lacey, and he was from Ireland, and, and immediately I loved his teaching style, and I said, listen, I'm going to come to Ireland, and I want to be there for five days, one-on-one, -on -one, teach me everything you know. Did and you really? Yeah, so he was like, um, I was like, okay, so he kind of, constructed a price for me I went to go see him for five days like 12 hours a day he taught me everything that I wanted to know um, and so just I was always always just kind of exploring and gathering everything but no matter what it was that I was taught when I would apply it when it was someone else's and I would apply it theoretically it just wouldn't quite work not fully right and so in you know combining everything that I've learned and then applying it to myself and realizing it has nothing to do with what a client is doing it's how they're doing it so it's more so what comes in through the rise method is how I guide my clients how I get them engaged and to understand how to feel what they're supposed to feel rather than just applying you know a theoretically good shoulder exercise and applying mm -hmm. it the same way so it really is about helping my clients to find that awareness and that mindfulness and to understand how to get into their bodies because you're trying to get them to feel something they've never felt before mm -hmm. um, and so, so really that's, yeah. Now, when, when you're treating somebody, I found it very interesting. I'm always curious about everything. And I would say, why are you starting there? Or why did you touch that place? Yes. Why are, why, why do you go there? And you, you always just say it's intuition. Mm -hmm. And I, it sounds like you're using your intuition to try and tap into our intuition about our own body. Is that about right? So how I would describe the experience is it's like I'm in your body and I'm, I need you to come into your body with me and then we're going to come and we're going to try to fix it. Because okay. I know how to get into my body. I know how to work with my body to come in tune with myself. Uh, it's about helping my clients experience that same um, intuition. Okay, um, I never thought about it that way. Yes. Great explanation. Yes, and so when a client first comes in, it's almost like through inside, through my eyes, as I look at a client, I get drawn to something. I get pulled to something. And I acknowledge where I get pulled to. So it's not Rosa looking at my client. It's something pulls me to something. And so right away, I just kind of get drawn to that place, and I just go to it. And I always trust my intuition. And so, yeah, so that's kind of how I choose to kind of work on my client. Uh, sometimes it could be that something more obvious, like a client might right away say, you know what, I'm, I'm, something's bothering me with my shoulder, and that to me is direct guidance. Uh, but sometimes they come in, and I'm drawn to something right away, and, and I know that that's what I need to work on. Okay. And traditionally, you've been doing this for how long, and you've been doing it one-on-one, -on -one, right? Mm -hmm. Mostly or entirely? One-on-one. Uh, -on -one, I just started my classes October I am, I'm now implementing, you know, classes where I'm teaching people how to do this uh, to themselves. So how to really get into their body and understand how to really move it. Is uh, it hard to do it it's in actually, a group? 
No, it's actually, it's almost like the power of prayer. It's actually more powerful uh, because not only are they going through the healing themselves, I keep the group small enough so I can walk around and actually because, you know, a lot of the people in the class could say that it isn't until I walk up to them and really help them to understand what to feel and what to perceive that they feel that difference. So I try to create that intimate kind of environment mm -hmm. and, you know, as, as well. So I try to keep the, the classes small. And, uh, but the beautiful thing about it is too, is like the community. So we're all aware of what we're doing. We're all aware that we're looking to master our bodies, to master our minds. And, and we share our stories of what we've noticed has been happening. So it's kind of like, you know, this, it's a great support team and you can't really get through things in life without a support team. Really, It's a bit trippy when you go, it sounds like I've been to group meditation ses sessions, can't talk. And I found it kind of trippy because mm -hmm. the energy in the room is so great and is resonating at such a level that it feels like the enhancement of the experience is undeniable. And it sounds like that's what you're doing, right? Yes, absolutely. And I'm just, and I'm, and I'm trying to, because I find that, you know, when you, sometimes people are afraid of meditation and the word energy and, this and that, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, a lack of, it just because they're, they're misunderstanding it. So I like to use the words instead of energy, I like to use the word love. You know, it's something we can all relate to. It's just a, like loving yourself. You know, it's just being good to yourself. And you give off good energy when you give off that sense of love, right? So that's what energy is. Uh, so energies are just the emotions and the thoughts that we have. And then instead of meditation, it's a state of mind. You know, it's about, you know, you can meditate all day if you want. It's as soon as you're in a state of awareness and self-awareness, you're in a meditative state, right? You're present. If I want to strengthen my biceps, I'm going to do a bicep curl. If I want to strengthen my ability to be aware of myself, I'm going to meditate. It's just an exercise for the mind and the body. Okay. And so... You know, it's about explaining that to, to everyone so it's universal. Like, everyone can do You don't have to be the type where, ah, I'm not into meditation. That's not for me. You know, everyone has a body. Everyone has a mind. And, you know, it's everyone needs to know how to drive the vehicle. Mm. And so to say that it's not for me, it's just there must be – it's clear that there's just a misunderstanding then. It's mm. for everyone, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so definitely I would say that that's kind of like what I'm doing. But I think the language that I'm using, I'm helping people to understand that it's really just simple. It's just – you know, knowing how to just be inside yourself, be find your stillness and and really understand it outside yourself from a conscious place and understand what you're really doing, mm -hmm. you know? Now, I understand we've never talked about this, but I understand that you have a book that you have written or it's almost written. Can you tell me a little bit about that and if there's a title so that we can search one day soon? I don't know if you can give me a synopsis of what's happening there. Absolutely. Actually, yes. I'm hoping that it will be out and published um, maybe by maybe even ebook but it is um, like 95% complete oh, nice. and it's really about just telling my story and first helping people to understand kind of you know how I got to this point you know it's something that just kind of happened to me that I've embraced and so that they can understand where I'm coming from and to understand that you know I too have gone through things in life and it's more so the inspiration to want to share it has, has come more from what it's done for me and how it's helped me to overcome things and to understand that everyone's on the journey. And if I could share some aspect of my learning of what's worked for me and help someone else, then I think that that's really what life is about. So first, you know, it's just about my story. And then it's just about helping people to understand the mind-body connection and the interconnectedness of everything, you know, how our minds or bodies are connected to our reality. And so that we can, you know, take back control of our life and, and feel empowered and to know that we can fix our life. We can, you know, live what we want and live what we deserve. Mm -hmm. So no, the title of the book please. right now is called The Journey to Rise. Oh, nice. I yes. love it. That's yes. great. Yes. I really like it. Yes. 
Now, I know we had a very, we started a conversation a couple weeks ago about that you were thinking that you would love to do this on a bigger scale, even bigger than the classes. And I think the book is a step in the right direction. Do you have any idea? This is a, I couldn't imagine how, but I'm, I've got a feeling you, you always seem to be running in a very quick direction to try and make sure that this, that this healing happens. Do you have any idea how you're going to reach some of these masses? Do you have any, is it going to be television? Is mm -hmm. it going to be like video? Is How do you think you're going to do it? Uh, I'm not quite sure. I mean, I have an idea, but I'm not attached to a specific form. So there's definitely going to be videos. Um, I think just like when I first started, I always wanted to help people. What form it took was just something that kind of embraced in the journey. So I knew I wanted to help people. And as opportunities came, I would capitalize on situations that resonated. So uh, that would resonate the time. So it, it would resonate for me to be a doctor. And then I experienced it. And then it, it kind of guided me to a trainer. And then that guided me to what I'm doing. So I think it's just going to be a continual journey of, you know, as long as I'm just really honest and true to my intention. The intention is going to take me places, and I'm just open to to seeing kind of where it takes me, mm -hmm. and I and trusting and knowing that it's going to happen. But my real intention is really to raise awareness because there's a lot of practices out there, you know, yoga and power yoga and all kinds of different types of yogas and this and that. And I find that it's it's being it's not being understood. It's kind of like a, a a fad mm -hmm. if you will it's like yeah, yeah go to my yoga class and go back to life to repeat life as it is right so just people really understanding that they're actually shifting their reality outside of them constantly but because they're not aware of it from what they're doing with their bodies it's you know they're always feeling a, like a victim of life so it's mm. just about raising awareness to understand how everything's all interconnected inter interconnected so that when we're, when we're working on our bodies everything we do in our life there's a deeper intention right there we're living more like Wayne Dyer would say we're living more on purpose Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're not just going through the motions of things and then not understanding why things are not working out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, this project is aimed for parents of kids that struggle. I believe that you have worked with some kids that have struggled in, in many different ways. How do you think your practice enhances uh, their life? If you Maybe if you could tell me a story that isn't personal or mm -hmm. doesn't give me too much information about who the individual is, of course, but just generally how you think you can affect people or children specifically mm -hmm. who are have um, mental health struggles. So definitely, the, if, to keep it very simple, it's more just about self-love, help, helping uh, children to understand who they are and not to be afraid who they are and to live authentically and to not be afraid, to, you know, to just voice who they are and who they want to be. So it's ultimately, it, it helps children to understand how to have a relationship with themselves and to feel safe with being that person. And, and then just trusting that through that relationship, which is a relationship, you know, of it's like marrying yourself, if you will, teaching them that that's just such a powerful tool for life because every choice that they make, every decision they make will be supported by, you know, such a, a, a place with such a strong foundation. Mm -hmm. And I think like in anything in life, you know, whether it's a house or, you know, a car or just a body, really nothing good comes out of a weak foundation. And I definitely would have to say is and helping, you know, kids with, you know, whether it's a, you know, a mental disorder or whatever, even, you know, depression, which is so common in even just younger ages, um, is first of all, helping them to understand that it's okay. You know, like you're, it's okay to feel what you feel, but then to provide hope for them and help them to acknowledge that, you know, you could get better. This is a starting point. And then guiding them and help in showing them how, you know, so I find that the, the successes come in really helping them to experience love, really, for self. I'm a big believer that, you know, love conquers all and love heals all, really. Are they easier 
to teach because they're they're closer to that stage of which there was no judgment of themselves? Yes and no. That's kind of a black and white. So I can, for example, under the conditions that their support team, so their parents are very supportive of the healing. And so complementing the process is key. You know, As it is with every every aspect of all of this stuff, yes. Absolutely. Parents have to be yes. really, really involved. Yes. So there needs to be a feeling of support in the process for sure. And definitely there needs to be, you know, if they're, when they're really, really, really young, they're still very easily influenced, right? Because they're not awakened, they're not conscious yet. Um, so there needs to be also a respecting of the process of what they need to go through because they might not quite understand. So they can't, they don't go through it and rationalize it, right? They just experience it. Um, so it's important that if they go through the healing, uh, very quickly they can go through experience outside of them and throw them back into a pattern, right? Mm -hmm. So because they're not in a place to be able to understand it. The old, uh, older, when they're teenagers, I mean, they, they can understand more. You can explain, you know, how things work, you know, law of attraction, this and that. So it also depends on how young the, mm -hmm. the child is. So, but really their, their brains and everything, their patterns are developing at a younger age. So it's important that as the old patterns are being removed now, as they go back into their family home or where their support group is, that there is an, a reinforcement of new patterns of love and, and understanding and all that stuff so that they can reprogram. You know? mm -hmm. Now, if uh, I'm a big proponent of making sure, and it's quite impossible at different times, I'll tell you, but in making sure that as often as possible that the parents actually go and get some kind of counseling, have some time on their own, go out and experience something new to get out of their own headspace because they're often inundated with a lot of challenging situations. Mm -hmm. Say a parent couldn't get their child to participate or that the parent wanted to try this first. Mm -hmm. How could you see that this particular process that you're involved in might actually affect the parent that might affect the child in turn? So uh, so you're basically you're saying if the parent worked with me instead of the child. Correct. If the parent worked with me instead of the child, it will help the, the parent to manage how they react to the situation a bit better um, because if a parent gets overwhelmed and reacts to it, it fuels the fire, right? So helping the, the, the mother or the father to be a bit more centered and to, to help, you know, help them to kind of step back from the situation and to be less reactive, even though easier said than done, mm -hmm. obviously, you know, and not because what they're doing is wrong, but because naturally, you know, when we get overwhelmed by, you know, children who, you know, might not be understanding themselves or going through a mental disorder, you know, it's, it's obviously very, very difficult. But to understand that, you know, if you're going to go through a difficult situation, it's going to be an e relatively easier experience if we're more grounded and we're more, you know, more centered. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so there might be a different reaction from the child even, yes, right? Yes, that's what I was going to say. So is I believe, in their pattern. I believe it a, a whole, I believe it to be, uh, the potential is that you shift the entire resonance of what goes on resonance inside your residence. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because you end up in a different space. It trickles down everywhere. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm such a big proponent of making sure that parents try and do something for themselves because oftentimes doing something for themselves, it it all it turns around so that you're doing something for everyone. And I think something like this, with all of the emphasis and all of the help always going towards the child mm -hmm. and going towards your home life and going towards all the every, everything else, to actually center in on... Because there's a lot of elements here of forgiveness. And we often 
the parents of, of kids that are challenged like this or struggle, we feel like we're responsible and we feel guilty. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot that can be done, something like the RISE method, to try and level that off for the parents so that they can forgive themselves and they can love themselves and in turn be able to love harder back. And not only that, though, if they can look at it as their role modeling and mm-hmm. showing the children what self-love is and also understanding that, unfortunately, the intention is not always perceived the way, you know, you know, a parent might say, well, I'm loving them, that's why I'm treating them this way, but, <laughs> but then maybe the child with the disorder might, you know, might might fight back or, or rebel because they feel like they're being told that they're not normal and that's how they're hearing it. And so the parent might get frustrated because, you know, maybe they're, you know, they know that that's not what they're trying to say and the child's just not understanding. It's this vicious cycle, right? So it's about just trying to understand, you know, first of all about, you know, trying to manage, really detach from the guilt and the lack of self-love or the lack of self-understanding as a parent to know that they're doing the best that they can and really that's all that matters Um, but to also always be open to different methodologies Mm -hmm. and really understanding that you know when eventually when you especially when you live with someone conversation almost almost becomes autopilot right so what you say triggers something in say the child and the child triggers something within you and all these triggers are actually subconscious so until you throw a different element in there where naturally maybe you would react this time you don't react and this time you just listen and all of a sudden the child will shift and realize wait a minute I'm used to them reacting so that I can say something else and it sometimes just, that's what is essentially why they've said something is to try and get a reaction yes yeah. totally right so just kind of throwing them off their tracks and, and that that's even going to help them awaken and, and see something different so um so acknowledging it more as just like a pattern feeding a pattern is that we need to throw in a different pattern and it's easier understood and easier said than done. But the part of it where it's done is the part where you actually connect your mind and body so that, you know, and you understand because of the sessions we've gone through where a lot of people struggle because they might read books on, you know, what they're supposed to do and how they should think. And they just address the mind. <laughs> Been doing it all my life. And yes. All my life, bro. All mind. my life. But what happens <laughs> is you find that you feel like you're controlling your thoughts. Yes. Like, authentic, it's not authentic because you really feel frustrated, but you're stopping yourself. You're like, so you're actually suppressing I'm better emotion. than that. I can think that I can yes. think my way through this yes and you you try to control the angry feeling and then you try to think the way you think you should feel as opposed to actually authentically feeling it because on the side you're doing the work you're meditating you're working on yourself that you're just noticing that it just resonates to not react with anger or frustration it's just happening and you're witnessing it so it's not just about educating your mind and how to think but really getting your body involved because that's where we store everything right so okay okay Rosa thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast and being part of the book I really appreciate it I know the parents have had a real education in something that just is a little bit different Mm -hmm. and they probably haven't been exposed to anything like this before. I know I hadn't been. So I thank you very much for joining us today. Would you mind signing off with your website again and your email so that if anybody's looking for more information that they can contact? Yes. So you can reach me at risemindbody.com. That's R-I-S-E, mindbody.com. And uh, you can book an appointment straight from the website or email at info at risemindbody.com. Okay, that's wonderful. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much for... Thanks for coming, Rosa. I really appreciate it. Okay, guys, thanks very much for tuning in, and we'll see you on the other side. Please review our podcast on iTunes. Thanks for all your support. We'll see you next week. Different from the Other Kids, Season 2, Production of Marketing Navy Agency. And now a disclaimer. 
In general, I, Angela Sunis, am not a doctor, and I certainly don't play one on the internet. I'm a parent, period. The advice from me presented on different from the other kids does not replace advice received directly from a medical health professional. If you think you need help, I do recommend making an appointment with your physician or other appropriate healthcare provider. Thanks for listening to Different from the Other Kids, made possible with the support of Raven 5. We are Contest Marketing. You can find them online at www.raven5.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.